The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation with Anoush Desai, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping shape it. Hope you're all well. Welcome to the last show of the year. I hope you've had a good one. It's been quite a challenging one for the cannabis industry, but we're all hopeful that things pick up in 2023. All eyes on Germany, obviously, hoping the European Commission gives a thumbs up. As ever, it's been a real pleasure continuing to host these podcasts. I hope you found them useful. If you have, I'd be very grateful for you liking and sharing them on various platforms to help me promote and widen the reach. Thank you in advance for that. I'm hoping to actually move over to video next year. Hosting podcasts on YouTube, I'll continue to release the audio as audio podcast as well, so that will remain. And I'm also planning to do some more panels, so I've been working up some ideas there. If you have any burning topics you would like discussed, please do get in touch with me. As ever, the show is sponsored by our very good friends at Lumino. We're talking about the Czech Republic today, which is some interesting legalisation plans. Lumino have hired for some of the early recreational experiments across Europe, both production and commercial teams. They're always happy to chat, and the nicest people I know in the industry. So as always, if you need any help with HR or recruitment, please do get in touch with them at luminorecruits.com. And obviously, please do mention my name when you do. Now, on with the show. Enjoy, and have a lovely end of year, wherever you are. On today's show, we have Lucas Hurt. Lucas is publisher of Canopy magazine and Cannabis Therapy magazine based in the Czech Republic or Czechia. Lucas, how are you doing? Good. Thanks, Anish, for having me. No, real pleasure. Real pleasure. Yeah, so as I said, we were talking, as reading all this stuff about Czech Republic, and I thought it'd be a great show to do because I think people quite understand some of the progressive things that you're doing, you know, amongst your European neighbours and the various countries. We'll get onto that in a second, but I usually like to start at the beginning and start with you. If you could maybe just tell us a bit about your background and sort of how and why you got into the space, that would be great. Of course, with pleasure. So originally, my profession and what I studied at the university is history and English philology. So basically, my profession was a translator. And since I started to work as a translator, I kind of approached cannabis as a medicine because I had a friend who was very sick and he tried some extracts which helped him. And so this was like way before anybody knew these extracts could help medically or officially in medicine. So this was really intriguing for me. And I just found out that there is not enough literature in Czech Republic, in Czech language about this. So I tried to combine my education and skills as a translator and started to translate some studies and some brochures for patients. And that was 10 years ago, so 2012. And 2013, we established a patient organization called Kopach in the Czech Republic which is uh, short for cannabis patients. And I started to work with them more and more. So suddenly my work was 95% only cannabis related. Although I have never intended to go this way. I thought I would be like a normal translator, translating like novels and stuff like that. But I ended up in this cannabis space. And then I started to contribute to the biggest Czech magazine about cannabis, which is called Legalizace. And this magazine was really famous even in other European countries because it was really great graphic layout. But it was also 
about other drugs, not only about cannabis, but about psychedelics as well. So in 2018, we just decided with the editor and publisher of this magazine to start only exclusively magazine about cannabis and with focus on medical aspects of cannabis. So this is the magazine Canopy. And this magazine is four years old now, and I'm editor-in-chief in, in it and publisher. And with this, you know, it's like it's helping me to establish contact between doctors and medical professionals, other medical professionals and patients in the Czech Republic, because uh, we have medical cannabis legalized in our country from 2013. So we are actually one of the, we were one of the first countries in, in the EU to legalize medical cannabis and the system is working better and better. But still, there are many flaws, but I'm sure we, we will get back to that later. So my personal story is that I was a recreational user since I was 16. But as I got older, I realized I'm using cannabis more and more like medicinally and not only for fun as I used to. And it also helped me to stop drinking and smoking tobacco. So for me, it was like harm reduction, recreational, and now it's mostly medicine because it helps me with, with my chronic pain and you know the stuff which comes with being a bit older. So... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And is the magazine the kind of main thing that you do? Do you do other stuff as well? Yeah, basically, I'm still translating for some companies from cannabis space as well. So for some seed banks, but most of my time is the cannabis magazine now at the moment. And, you know, being an editor in chief and publisher of a magazine, it means that you are doing loads of other things as well. So it's like uh, lots of conferences, uh, lots of presentation, lectures, and being in, in touch with uh, not only with doctors and patients, but also with other stakeholders in the cannabis industry in the Czech Republic, which is evolving pretty fast. And so in past like one and a half year, I'm becoming also something like a cannabis consultant, I would say, because more and more foreign companies are reaching out to me and asking me about state of things in the Czech Republic, how if they want to invest here, if they want to build some facilities here, or the other way, the Czech companies who want to you know, go abroad. They are asking me for my contacts in, for example, in Switzerland, where we actually met as well yeah. in Cannabis Expo, an excellent event. So yeah, I'm trying to interact, connect these people. And my focus was always to get the cannabis out of the prohibition and get it le legal and regulated in a, in a way that it, it is available to people, but also with the respect to harm reduction principles. So that's what I'm trying to do. And that's my job and my passion as well. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. And, you know, let's get some of that Czech expertise then. And interestingly, we met in Zurich. We were on that panel together at CB Expo. And there is some parallels with what's happening in Switzerland with what you guys are doing in Czech as well. So we'll be interested to sort of talk about that. But, you know, I always like to start with a bit of an overview. And let's leave aside recreational for the moment. But maybe you can just sort of tell us about the current status of the different sort of strands of cannabis. So medical, CBD and hemp. What's the current state of play in Czech? Okay, so I will start with probably the least complicated stuff, which is hemp. So up until last year, the hemp in Czech Republic was allowed to be 0.3%, which is 0.1% more than the rest of the EU. But since this January, we actually raised this, this limit to 1% THC. So we are the only the second country to, to Switzerland, only to Switzerland in Europe to have this limit. And we are actually the only one in the EU because Switzerland is not, not the EU member. So this gives us a lot of opportunities and it attracts investors who are interested not in CBD, not in medical, but they are interested in growing uh, CBD strains for like whatever purposes there can be. And they can you know, grow it here. They can get it to 1% THC. So it means more percent of CBD as well, as probably your listeners well know. No, actually, can you go into this? Because we haven't really specifically covered it before, but, you know, 
Well, the implications of a 1% THC limit actually mean that we've got many more varieties available to be grown, but maybe talk about some of the other things. Exactly. Well, in other European countries, you have like these 50 strains, which are in the EU catalog as, as a registered hemp strains. But in Czech Republic, now you can grow actually any strain, which is which doesn't go over the limit 1% THC. So it means you can buy it with some famous seed banks and they have these strains available already. So then because of the genetics, when you have the limit 0.3 THC, then you, you cannot reach more than something like 4% CBD in the plant. But once you raise the limit of THC to 1%, then you can have 15% CBD, no problem. So it's actually, you know, you can have smaller fields and you have you will have more CBD. And that's not only CBD, that's also other terpene, other cannabinoids, minor cannabinoids, and also the terpene profile is usually much richer. So the plants are, they smell nicer other than the usual hemp plants, which you know from the fields. So, you know, you can grow it indoor, you can grow it in greenhouses. So that's a really competitive advantage to other countries and from my own experience, I have been approached by probably a dozen of companies right now who are actually not the Czech companies, but from other countries, from our neighbors, who are actually asking me about the details about this law and how, how it works and if it's you know if it's really possible to come here and start growing and processing hemp with up to 1% THC. And it is, so it's actually happening. I know some Polish companies who are building extraction facilities in the Czech Republic, and they were actually about to do that in Poland. But when the law came into effect in the Czech Republic, they moved it 20 kilometers south and they are in the Czech Republic with much better options and possibilities. So that's that's the hemp thing. And with CBD, it's uh, similar to other countries. It's sold here. The flowers are sold here. The oils and everything which can be done with CBD extracts, provided it doesn't have more than 1% THC. So that's another thing which changed because the CBD oils before January were only 0.2, 0.3. And now the CBD oils can have up to 1% THC, which again, it means they can, you know, we can produce more stronger full spectrum CBD oil without adding any isolates, you don't have to take out the THC, which also if you take out the THC, you also lose some terpenes. So again, you know, you don't have to basically, you don't have to scramble about the plant and you don't have to do some you know, extraction stuff. You just have to extract the full plant and you get the full spectrum extract. And and that's interesting also. Yeah, I mean, look, the virtues of that are kind of are huge, but the interesting that CBD flower as well is, is that a significant part of the market? Because that's not actually that common in the rest of Europe you know, legally. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the UK because we are very backwards here, but... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a grey zone because the law doesn't explicitly say and the the sellers who are selling the CBD flowers and CBD oils, they are actually not selling it for ingestion. So they just write, it's like a collector's, you know, (laughs) present or something like that. Or you can use it for other purposes, such as, I don't know if you want to, if you have your doors and you want to oil the doors, you use the CBD oil for oiling your doors. That's how you, what you have to pretend Otherwise, if you say this is like a food supplement for consumption, you may have troubles with the with some state authorities because, of course, we also are considering the novel food stuff which is happening on the EU level. So our state authorities are just saying, you know, you know, you shouldn't be selling CBD because it should be novel food, but nobody has novel food at the moment. So, you know, if, if you were to respect this, there would be no CBD market in the Czech Republic, but there is a huge CBD market in the Czech Republic. Cool. But we have, we experienced something similar as, as in Switzerland with the CBD boom. You know, first years when people started to grow more and more CBD and it started to being sold all around the country. Then the electricity prices went up last year and then the market was saturated. So loads of these growers, they just went bankrupt in like past six, seven months because the energy prices skyrocketed. 
And so this is leading to some kind of saturation. The oversat the market was saturated, and now it's it's like it's getting more. You know, some companies are bankrupting, and there will be only a handful of uh, players who will end up. You know, probably consuming. You know, eating the the small ones, and the the only few ones will prevail. So that's basically similar to what was happening in Switzerland and probably in other countries as well. Yeah, I can imagine it's the energy crisis is have a huge impact on indoor grows, but maybe that's a topic for another day. What about the status of medical cannabis? So as I said in the beginning, medical cannabis has been legalized here in 2013, and we were one of the first countries in the EU to do so, and we had huge plans. Or in the law, there was written that we should be exporting medical cannabis to other countries, and there should be loads of domestic growers. But in reality, the Catch-22 and the red tape stepped in, and the People in the Ministry of Health and other ministries who actually opposed the anything, they didn't have anything with cannabis. So they started to put some regulations which actually were contradicting the what was written in the law. So in reality, what happened that for past eight years, we had only one domestic grower and everything else had to be imported from Canada. So And there was no export allowed from Czech Republic. So the number of patients was in the beginning very slow, very, very low, and the number of prescribing doctors as well. And really good change came in 2000, two years ago, 2020, when we actually allowed to cover 90% of the medical cannabis cost from the health insurance. So suddenly it got uh, rapidly cheaper for the patients and the number of patients from them uh, skyrocketed. So now we have like 5,000 patients, which is still not too much when you compare it to Germany or Israel or Canada. But uh, if you compare it to what was here like three or four years ago, it goes really up. And the main reason is because the, the price covered 90% of the cost is covered by health insurance, which is a really good thing. But with the export of medical cannabis and, and more domestic growers, this changed again in this January. So this January, there were three huge changes for cannabis in the Czech Republic. The hemp 1% THC limit. And then with medical cannabis that we allow now unlimited number of domestic growers to grow medical cannabis. And we also allow them allow the exports, which is also bringing a lot of investors who are approaching me and other people in the Czech Republic asking about the situation here because they want to, for example, German companies want to build medical cannabis grow in the Czech Republic and then, you know, import it back to Germany or other European countries. So that's the idea. But again, here are the energy prices. And especially with, you know, if you grow CBD strains and if you go hemp, you can always decide if you want to grow it in the greenhouse, if you want to grow it even outdoor. But with medical cannabis, it always has to be indoor because there are so many strict regulations and many you have to fulfill all the requirements and the standard and you need to keep the standards very high. So you know GACP and luckily not the GMP, but even with JPCP, it means the union you need to fulfill all the requirements and it's really it's impossible to grow medical cannabis outdoor, basically. Yeah, no, it's a challenge given the the kind of understandable restrictions around, you know, quality and consistency. That's really interesting. And what's the sort of take up of medical cannabis in terms of patient numbers or prescriptions? How do you record it? Well, there is a the National Drug Institution, National Drug Institute, and they're actually doing the whole thing. They have like their own agency. So they have statistics published every month. So we can you know, compare every month to previous months and previous years. And at the moment, they are, it's like in 120 kilograms per year and about the 5,000 patients, as, as I mentioned. But the number is growing. The biggest obstacle is the number of doctors because, you know, the number of doctors is 200 at the moment and we have 40,000 doctors in the Czech Republic. So it's, it's the number is very low and it's, you know, the numbers of patients, the number of patients and number of issued grams is actually growing. 
but the number of doctors is like steady. So it means that there is more doctors are prescribing to more and more patients and they are prescribing them more and more cannabis. But the overall number of doctors is really, you know, growing up very slowly. I can see this is happening all around Europe. I know in, in the United Kingdom, it's a huge problem that, you know, doctors don't want to prescribe it. And I know this is in, in every country, you just need to find some doctors who, are, who have like open mind and also some heart inside their body because they don't want to prescribe only synthetics. And we're pretty lucky that we have a doctor like this in Brno, which is the second biggest city in the Czech Republic. And he was really pushing it hard. And like first three years when it was legal here, he was prescribing to 95% of the patients from the whole country. And then he trained some other doctors. He persuaded some other doctors. He's actually treating chronic pain. So obviously chronic pain, as, as in every country, is the biggest portion of the patients. So you have like chronic pain, then you have neurologic problems, you know, people with multiple sclerosis. And these two, chronic pain and spasticity and stuff, they are like 80%, 90% of the all the patients. Yeah, I mean, it's a perennial problem, isn't it? I think doctor education is the bottleneck for the medical cannabis industry. And I mean, I sympathize with some of them in that they're just, they want more data, but I think the safety profile is pretty good for cannabis. Certainly when you measure it up against things that have been approved, you know, opioids, etc., and which can be helpful, but also have a very bad safety profile. Yeah, yeah. In Czech Republic, it's also like generational problem that all the doctors, they don't want to talk about it. And the younger ones are much more open, open to it because they don't see it only as a bad drug. And also, unfortunately, it's also the question of, you know, if you have pharmaceuticals, you usually get some salesperson who will pay you some skiing holiday in Switzerland and stuff like that. And with cannabis, these companies are actually probably most of them in Canada, you know, barely surviving. So they don't have money to buy doctors nice trips to Switzerland and to Italy. So, you know, as I said, you know, the most of the doctors I know personally, and I know a lot of them from the magazine, they're just doing it because they have good heart and they want to, their first thing in, on their mind is to help patients, you know, and they don't, if they can see that they can reduce their opioid prescription with medical cannabis, which is a herb and it, it's not toxic. So they try it and they see it works. So they prescribe it more. But, you know, if they are looking mainly for, you know, prescribing pharmaceuticals, which have some benefits for them as well then medical cannabis is not no good for them, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad story, isn't it? But let's move on to the future. And what, you know, what are you guys looking at in, in terms of adult use and just further liberalization? Yeah, well, the Czech Republic is currently a very exciting place to be regarding the recreational cannabis legalization or efforts, efforts to legalize recreational cannabis because our current government is strongly supporting this thing. And uh, the main driver behind this effort is Czech National Drug Coordinator Indřich Vobořil, who is a renowned drug expert. He was working in the United Nations and he's really a respected person all around these drug expert circles. And he's been pushing it not only in the Czech Republic, this issue, but in on the whole EU level, because we were just for the past six months, we were presiding the EU. So he was actually raising the issue on the meeting with all other EU member states, drug coordinators. And it's pretty interesting that the biggest opponents are France and Sweden. These were actually opposed totally to, you know, you know, if you mentioned the word decriminalization, they were like, oh my God, no, no, this never, this can happen, never, you know, we are against it. And in France, cannabis is so popular among people. I think France has the highest recreational users. Yeah, I think we are the second. The public is like second or something, but the French are smoking even, even more, but they are really, I don't know, their officials and politicians are like, you know, their heads in the sand and six years in the past. So, but back to the Czech Republic. So this drug coordinator, Bobozil, he's setting up uh, expert groups at the moment. 
And this is all with the blessing from the prime minister himself, who is supporting the issue, which is kind of interesting in itself because he's a politologist and he's a professor of politology. So he's like, you know, he's like university person from academia world. And he supports this because he believes in this guy, Andrzej Kubořil, and he sees the harm reduction in it. If you legalize and regulate it, you know, you can make some money for the budget. But the first thing is to propose the harm reduction, you know, principles, you know, to get people to know what they are buying, you know, drive them from the black market and all this stuff. So I'm glad we are actually building on this and the money is, is like the last thing which we can benefit, you know, from the legalization and from ending the prohibition. And so currently there are some expert groups which are being formed at the on the government level, also in the cannabis sector. So we are just working together with other business players from CBD, from medical staff, from hemp industry. And we are trying to put together our opinions in order to persuade the people in the government, because not in the government, but in the, again, as I mentioned with the medical cannabis, the biggest opponents are in the ministries. So you have people working in, in the health ministry and they are being told by their you know boss, the health minister, we need to be working on this, but you know they just close the doors and they start to work against it. So it's like your famous English sitcom, yes, prime minister or yes, minister. <laughs> so, you know, you have the politicians and they are trying to do something. But in the end, it's the people who are working in the buildings, you know, in the ministries and, you know, these officials who are actually do have to implement these changes and the stuff. So it's really hard to persuade them because most of them are older people who are saying that, you know, you cannot legalize cannabis because it contravenes the 1961 UN convention from, you know, these past times. And we say, but Canada did it and nobody was, you know, nothing happened. And, you know, we cannot be doing drug policies according to some agreements which were formed 70 years ago when we didn't know anything about, you know, what, what these substances can do and what are the benefits and stuff like that. So, you know, like, yeah, so it's really hard work because obviously police is against it totally because they think they will be losing their jobs and you know they will have to actually solve some real crime, not to hunt some seniors and some teenagers who are growing few plants in their backyards. So we are trying to persuade them as well. And if all goes well, the plan is to introduce the law, recreational law, in uh, January next year. Then it will have to go through some process of recommendations and you know the politicians will have their say, even the opposition. And then the law should be written and the, the Senate, uh, the Chamber of Deputies, then the Senate and the president has to sign it. So the plan is to have it legal by the beginning of 2024. And also what is very important, our uh, national drug coordinator is trying to work closely with the German authorities, this is German counterparts, because we have a long shared border and we definitely interested and it will be better for both countries. And I believe it will be better for the whole Europe if both Germany and Czech Republic legalized and have some, you know, shared intentions and then do business together or, you know, set up some rules, which would already be, could be implemented when other countries begin to legalize and they have their borders as well. So it doesn't go against the Schengen principles, you know, so then, you know, one country doesn't have to close the border because cannabis is legal there and the other country is not legal. So yeah, we yeah. need to work on this as well. Yeah, well, and the last thing I would mention that obviously if Germany doesn't pass the law and something happened, something bad happened there regarding this initiative, it will be hard for Czech Republic as well because we are a small country next to Germany. They are like our huge neighbor. And usually when something happens in Germany, it happens in the Czech Republic as well. And if the Germans refuse it for one reason or another, it will be much, much harder for us. And it will give ammunition to these prohibitionists from police and from you know, state attorneys and district attorneys and these institutions who are actually pro-prohibition. 
Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought in Germany because I was going to ask, you know, it's sort of very publicly said that the Czech will sort of follow Germany or, or work in coordination. What I really like about that is I think, you know, the industry in general needs harmonization and sort of collaboration between nations rather than everyone legislating individually. So if we can prove that, you know, the two countries can work together, I think hopefully, as you say, that can be a good sort of template for lots of other people. But I mean, what's your general feeling? I mean, we're getting to the end now. So for the last question, but like, what's your general feeling on the German plan and, and the prospects for it? Because, you know, I hear very kind of mixed views on this. Yeah, well, I think it's actually they are playing it pretty well so far. And I'm glad that they are kind of discussing it with the EU officials as well, because definitely EU will have a say. And, you know, what in Czech Republic, what the experts say that, you know, forget the UN conventions from 1961 and, and others because they don't matter anymore. But what matters is the EU laws, because if we go against the EU laws, we may lose loads of money and stuff like that. So this is much, much bigger issue than the UN conventions. And I think, you know, when you look at the Germany, it's similar to other countries in terms of the younger people who are like more open-minded, they are like totally in favor. And that's actually this coalition is representing these people. But then you have the Christian Democrats and especially in Bavaria, which is the, the closest state to Czech Republic. So we know a lot of about Bavaria and they are like, you know, you have Oktoberfest, so everybody's drinking beer like hell and everybody's like, you know, pissed off and no problem. But when you smoke a joint in Bavaria, they might expel you from the country and they might tell you you are an unwanted guest in Germany, never come back and stuff like that for one joint. I have friends who actually have this experience who came to Germany and in Munich they had such issues with police. And so it's because the Christian Democrats are running Bavaria and they are the biggest opponents and they actually criticize, criticize heavily the current government for their legalization efforts. So it depends on the political support. If the Christian Democrats will be gaining more power, more power even in the local elections, they might actually, you know, doing more hassle about the cannabis legalization. And in the end, it may end up like in, for example, California, when they legalize on a statewide level, but then they allow the municipalities to refuse them. And then in the end, you have like 70 or 80% of the country of the California in, of the state, which is prohibiting the cannabis sales. So this is also one of the big issues, because I think if this happens in the Czech Republic and like in, in any European country, if you just let the municipalities decide, then you will have in the end, you will have legal cannabis in maybe in Berlin and in Frankfurt, but you will not definitely have it in Bavaria. So this is also a very, very interesting point, And we have to think about this as well. It's always tough, isn't it, getting everyone to point in the same direction. But, you know, I really hope for Germany that they're able to, you know, build some very solid regulations because it needs to be the template for Europe, really. And it can be. So, you know, I think we've all got our fingers crossed, haven't we, if that works out. Definitely, especially the Czechs. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Well, listen, man, I really enjoyed having you on today. And thank you for that whistle stop tour of what's happening in the Czech Republic. We'd love to have you back on at some point and hopefully we'll have some good news to talk about further reform. So, yeah, you're always welcome back. Definitely. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I think we will see each other at least in Zurich next year. I hope so. Definitely. Cool. Cheers, Lucas. Thank you. Bye bye, Anush. <laughs>